Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals GM Steve Kime. Kime time. With Burns and Gambo. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader and the flagship home of the Arizona Cardinals who embarked to San Francisco later this weekend to finish up the 2022 season against the 49ers. And as we do every single Friday, we talk front office with the Arizona Cardinals and joining us this week, the vice president of player personnel for the team, Quentin Harris, who joins us here on Burns and Gambo. Quentin, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year and thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, did you guys get your black eyed peas? <laughs> that, that must be an East Coast thing. <laughs> that is an East Coast thing. I've, I've, uh, I'm a desert rat. I got no black eyed peas. Yeah, no. Okay, Sorry. Okay. Is, is, is that an East Coast thing? Yes. Yeah, so uh, my mom's big in that. Uh, every New Year's having the black eyed peas. Uh, I guess it's a sign of good luck. Oh, okay, I, I, interesting. I had not. I, yeah. I, 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 being an Arizona no, guy, born and raised, I had not heard of that, be, Quentin. So be, I'll yeah. put that one in the in the old uh, Rolodex. Being Italian, yeah, we yeah. have like the seven fishes, but you know, new for uh, like Christmas Eve, you have all the fishes for Christmas Eve. And us Italians, we like anything that crawls on the bottom of the ocean. So we'll eat it. That's what I grew up on Italian food. So you know, I'm a pizza guy, big time pizza guy. Yeah, well, then you, I'm sure you've had plenty of pizza in New York. But yeah, but with the with the fish, if it if it crawls on the bottom of the ocean we grab it and we eat it <laughs> i'm with you on that one yeah if it swims we still like it but we like the stuff that crawls on the bottom of the ocean <laughs> well thanks again for joining us i appreciate it i'll ask i'll ask you the question everybody's waiting to see to to, to know have you uh, what has michael bidwell told you about a time frame for a decision to be made on the coaching staff yeah i i wasn't given any information on that and and really the focus you know just like when we talked a few weeks ago the focus is really just finishing the season and then regrouping i'm sure uh michael will have a time frame given you know given to us then but uh right now the focus is just really finishing the season strong do you expect to have an opinion or a say in the future of the coaching staff come monday uh, I don't know that. Um, I, you know, of course, I want to be here. But again, uh, my situation, uh, everyone's situation, there's an unknown. But uh, yeah, I, I w- I'd love to be a part of that. But right now, um, I, I'm not sure, you know, what direction uh, this is going to go in. Based on your time here and what you've seen, would you recommend staying the course with the current coaching staff or making a change? I think that's something, you know, when we sit and talk with Michael, when that conversation happens, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, tell him our point of view and see his point of view and then, you know, come to a, uh, a consensus. But hopefully, first of all, hopefully I'm a part of that, uh, that process. Well, well give, me, give me a little hint. What, what is your point of view so far on this season? Really, just right now, just seeing guys finish strong, because I think that's going to go a long way. And so far, you know, we haven't got the the wins that we're looking for, but we're seeing guys uh, compete. We're seeing guys practice hard. So really, uh, really just finishing strong is, is the point of emphasis that I'm looking for. For a lot of fans, too, there's also a point of emphasis on the draft and ultimately where you guys end up with draft positioning as being somebody who's a part of that front office and who's obviously a part of that process one way or another. How much is that a factor in how you sort of evaluate what's going to happen this weekend with all the games, not just yours, but the ones all around you? Yeah, a lot of that stuff's out of our control in terms of uh, draft position. I think we're sitting at number four right now. Uh, But for me, again, 
again, uh, I'm not too concerned about the rest of the league. I just want to see the guys that uh, we can stamp as guys we want to move forward with in terms of how we're finishing uh, a, a very tough season. So let's talk about a couple of those guys, and I'm curious going into the offseason, again, not knowing exactly how this is all going to shake out, but the, the prioritization of guys like Byron Murphy or Zach Allen, where, where do you guys put that on kind of your pecking list when it comes to what you want to get done this offseason? Yeah, I, I think really if you go back and, and look at our season in general, um, one thing that you know is going to be a point of emphasis, it, it, it's not a secret, is we want to get stronger up front um, from the offensive and defensive line standpoint. Now, in terms of who those guys are, of course, you know, we like the Zacks and the, and the Byrons of the world, and, you know, we'll see where that goes. That's a discussion for a later time, uh, but at the same time, uh, that's going to be a point of emphasis to improve both sides. Uh, I can't give you a clear answer who those players are and who those targets are because, again, uh, I'm in a situation where, you know, I haven't had that conversation with Michael, and ho- hopefully I'm able to have that conversation with Michael, but uh, that timeline just hasn't been set. Yeah, let's assume that that you're part of the process. When you look at this team, a lot of us say, older team, you had a lot of injuries, got to rebuild the line. This is going to be a little bit of a rebuild. With that being said, you're going to be in a really good draft position to make a blockbuster trade for a team that wants to come up and, and look at a quarterback. Do you anticipate that that'll be something that you would look at heavily, maybe trading to acquire multiple picks so you can rebuild quicker? Yeah, I think when when we look at the uh, the big picture, uh, I, I believe everything is on the table. Uh, we're not in; we don't have the, the luxury to kind of um, only look at a certain amount of things. I think uh, we're going to look at everything. We're going to uh, look under every stone. We're going to look at every option that's available to us because that's the right thing to do organizationally. So I think uh, to answer your question, yes, we are going to look at everything. Everything is on the table. What indication? What we I want to ask you about. J.J. Watt and I will, because obviously it's a big weekend for him, both you know, personally and for the organization with him going to his last week. Have you gotten any indication what the future of your offensive line might look like with some of the guys who could retire, had previously thought about retiring? Because that obviously, you mentioned it a second ago, is going to need to be a point of emphasis in the offseason with so many of those guys, either free agents or, or possibly contemplating retirement. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll have a better feel next week once we get with the coaching staff, once we talk uh, with some of the players that are exiting. Uh, but right now, I, I couldn't give an answer without having those, having that discussion with the players, the coaches, Michael, all those people. So, uh, sorry, I can't give you an answer on that, a firm answer, but uh, hopefully we have a, a better idea next week of kind of the direction uh, some of these guys are going in. How, how challenging has it been with how uncertain everything is in conducting the day-to-day business of running a football organization with kind of everything from 30,000 feet that's going on right now with the organization? Yeah, I would say this. uh, You know, myself and Adrian, we were fortunate because uh, we were able to do a lot of these things before you know it was it was made formal i guess i would say so it's yes it's been challenging um but again it hasn't been an overwhelming situation um you know the communication has been there and that's been the most important thing so um it's been difficult but again we're we're adaptable um we can handle it and i think we've done a nice job thus far you you've 
worked, uh, you know, under Steve Keim for for several years now. Have you had any discussions with him recently? I have not. Uh, I have not talked to Steve. And you know, uh, and again, to everyone out there, I, I get a lot of you know, how's he doing and all these things. And we appreciate uh, you know the, the concern and the well wishes. But you know, at this time, we're still going to keep his matter private. Gotcha. Let's let's talk about the quarterback situation. I know that you know Kyler's was rehabbing today in Dallas. You're trying to get the quads to fire and not lose such you know a lot of mass in his leg. And you mm-hmm. look at the situation; it's very likely that he's going to miss time. It's very likely that he's not going to be ready to start the season. With that being said, you get an opportunity here to evaluate even David Blau. But would, would, do you think that this organization, if Kyler misses significant time, would need to go out and get another quarterback to be the starter, or do you think internally you have guys? that could do that for the time being until Kyler's ready? Well, obviously, uh, we've seen Colt. Uh, we've liked what, what Colt has done thus far. And uh, watching David uh, Blau, who, who's been phenomenal, a guy who we got recently in a short amount of time, the way he's picked up the offense, the way he's executed, uh, we've been super excited about him. Uh, Trace McSorley is another guy that we've been excited about. But again, this is, this is the National Football League. And again, uh, we're, we're taking the stance and the approach that uh, we're going to look at at every option. So uh, to me, to, to stamp, you know, who's going to be here, who's going to be the guy, can't do that. Again, we're going to look at everything and check every single option available to us. Leave us with this uh, in the position that you're in with J.J. Watt going into his final game. Tell me what kind of emotions are going through your mind as you get ready to see him take that field for the last time in what is obviously a first ballot Hall of Fame type career. It, it's funny because many, many years ago, I was asked who was my favorite player um, and this is when I was in personnel, and I was like J.J. Watt, you know, watching him from afar. And, and I think when they were on Hard Knocks kind of did it for me as well, just watching how he works, the passion. He's the same guy every day. He's the same worker every day. There's no up and down with him. And just the way he played the game, the way he respected the game, uh, he he was he is still my favorite player and uh, in, in what he brought to us organizationally from teaching the young guys to instill some confidence and, and just being the leader uh, it you know guys will, will leave this game um, you know uh, limping out and he's not doing that he's leaving with 10 sacks he's leaving at the top of the game, uh, I felt like he was snubbed for the Pro Bowl. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it, it's 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 a bit emotional for me, you know, seeing one of your favorite players and uh, being around them as long, you know, the last few years with him. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to stink, but I'm I'm super happy for him. I'm super excited for him. Don't know what he's doing in the future, uh, but he's a guy that you know I was proud to to be around. Quentin, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, good luck to the organization this weekend, okay? Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Quentin. Thanks, Quentin. Quentin Harris, Vice President, Player Personnel of the Arizona Cardinals, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show and the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, will there be a coaching opening for the Cardinals on Monday? And if so, where does it rank compared to other coaching openings that might be there? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, we'll focus on that after Sunday. But um, like I said, all our talk has been nothing but how we win this game. Cliff Kingsbury, hours ago, talking with reporters. The question included there, I believe that was Josh Weinfist from ESPN.com. 
Asking him if he thinks he'll be the coach next season. And Cliff's saying, I'm just focused on Sunday. We'll worry about that after Sunday. And I think uh, at Burns and Gambos, we welcome you back here. Gambo and I, I, I think we're both, will be watching very, very closely, like a lot of Cardinal fans, Sunday night, Monday morning. What happens? Refresh the browser, right? You'll be doing the gambo thing, calling the sources, trying to find out the information you can. We will all be very, very invested Sunday evening and Monday morning to see what happens with Cliff Kingsbury and whether the Cardinals clean house or not. Yeah, the one thing that I can tell you, and, and, and a lot of people are asking this question, and I have touched on it with reports in the past, is that... Cliff Kingsbury did sign a five-year contract. What a lot of people don't know is that it is fully guaranteed and that there is an option year. So there is an option year out there. So after this year, there will be four, four years left on the contract. And a lot of, I'm going to give you the numbers around $7.5 million is the range. Right around $7.5 million without giving the exact contract number. Uh, Cliff's in that ballpark, $7.5 million. Uh, I think the contract is, you know, goes up a little bit each year. But you know, estimate Around, right around seven and a half million, but four years fully guaranteed. There is an option year at the end of the contract, and that's where they're at right now. So, if they decided to walk away from both, you know, Cliff and and Steve, you're probably talking about twelve, twelve and a half million dollars a year that you would have to walk away from for four years. Now, I don't know if there's any reason to, you know, if if, if the, the general manager was let go for cause or not. I, I don't know any of that, but I just know what the contracts uh, are and and the length of them. And Cliff's contract is guaranteed. Yep, and, and those numbers are are is a tough pill to swallow, but they're pills that are often swallowed in this league. Yes. Right? We, we've seen. Eight hundred million worth of pills right now. Eight hundred million dollars yeah. worth of pharmaceuticals that that are swallowed by this league and have been by all of the teams to make changes. I, I knew it was only a matter of time until we were going to see a story like this, and today we saw it. Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com, without knowing every single coaching position that's going to be available, he speculated a little bit on the ones that we think, and he ranked them in terms of their desirability. He had the Arizona Cardinals as the third worst or the fifth most desirable, depending on how you want to look at it. He, okay. he had from, I'll go desirable and work on down. He had Carolina number one as the most desirable opening. With the, and they don't have a quarterback. But he said, and he mentioned that. They don't have a quarterback. He said pros and cons for each. They're missing a viable quarterback, but there's a lot of young talent there, and they play in a division where you can rise to the top very, very quickly. Number two, the Saints. Uh, again, Division, young building blocks. No quarterback. But no quarterback, and they're missing some of their draft capital. Houston Texans, number three. They, they will have a quarterback. They will have a quarterback. A lot of draft capital. They're yeah. going to probably have Bryce Young and things, unless things really get sideways on them this weekend. But they've got erratic ownership. He's got the Washington Commanders, number four. Now, I personally am surprised the Commanders are ahead of the Cardinals. Because I think that ownership situation is who knows when it gets resolved, right? And who yeah. knows how that gets resolved. Right. And guess what? They don't have a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> then the Arizona Cardinals. And do, he says, do okay, they have a quarterback. Pros. Yeah. Quarterback. Cap space. Potential for the coach to be a football czar. Like in charge of the whole operation. Cons. Lack of talent on the roster. The division. And, of course, all the injuries. But let's, since you're making this about the quarterback, let's talk about the quarterback. Do the Arizona Cardinals have a quarterback? 
Yeah, they, they do. They, they have do. They, 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 They're in a better spot than some of these other teams are. Now, their quarterback is more of an unknown, is an unknown but it's, you know, and that's a good, are you better off with an unknown quarterback or no quarterback? Because no quarterback means you're in the market to get one. Unknown is you're in limbo. You're in freaking limbo. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're Carolina, you know what? You got to go get a quarterback. So you may go get Derek Carr. You may go get, say, the Lions draft one, Jared Goff. You might do something to go. Oh, you may draft one. You're Houston. You may draft the quarterback. One of these other teams. Maybe you draft the Kentucky kid. Maybe you draft the Ohio State kid. So maybe you'll get one. So these other teams that don't have a quarterback, we know one thing: they're going to go get one. Yeah. If you're the Cardinals, you're in a position to where, you know, you don't really know what they have. Like, you, like at quarterback. Yes. So it's it's a little bit di- like well, the you could say it's an advantage or a disadvantage. These other teams, the disadvantage is they don't have one. The advantage is they're going to get one. Like you know they're going to go get one. For the Cardinals is he's your guy. But you don't know if he's your guy. <laughs> That's exactly it. And, and that honestly is why I asked the question because you can frame it both of those ways. You can say, hey, the the advantage of the Cardinals have Kyler Murray. Okay, but does that... We thought a year ago that box was checked. We, we, how many times have we said on this show, the Cardinals, you said it yesterday. Yeah. Man, we thought the Cardinals didn't have to worry about drafting a quarterback for the entire decade of the 20s, which sounds very very, very weird to say, by the way, the decade of the 20s. Well, we don't know that now. We, we, we're not, no one's sure of that right now. But let's let's slide it for now into the pros category. That, that is a pro for the Arizona okay. Cardinals. You've got okay. Kyler Murray, and that's set. The other pro that he lists, and he writes a about this specifically with the Cardinals is that in order to lure top coaching talent here, Michael Bidwell might have to promise that person kind of a a, a coach that's got more power, a football czar, somebody who I mean, you're a Bill Parcells fan. Bill Parcells famously said, "You know, I, I don't want to just make the meal; yeah, I want right. to shop for the groceries." Uh, right? Right? Yep. Why, why make me cook the meal if I can't shop for the groceries? In order to get a great coach here, you might have to promise that person the ability to be able to shop for the groceries in addition to cooking the meal. And these other and organizations, some guys. these other organizations can't. And the Cardinals are in a position to where you might have you might have the GM and the and the coach. Now let's call it like it is. We're talking about Sean Payton when we say something like that. There might be others that we'd be talking about too. What sticks out to you? Broncos, Cardinals, Colts, Commanders, Panthers, Saints, Texans. Broncos stick out like a sore thumb, right? Yeah, because of Russell Wilson. Well, because it's the Broncos. They're they're an organization that's been committed to winning. They've they've won in different eras with different quarterbacks. Yeah, but they're really stuck with Russell Wilson. Like it feels like they're really stuck with Russell Wilson. I don't know if that's such a bad thing. I mean, Russell Wilson was great every year up until this year. Now all of a sudden he's like, it ha- maybe it was the if, maybe it was Hackett. If he's the system, if he's bad again next year, that is going to confirm that he has whoop, gone right off. The- I would agree that you can't make any final determinations about Russell Wilson, but man, there are red flags flying about Russell Wilson. If you're a Broncos fan, if you're the Broncos organization, because you are way financially committed to that guy. I would agree that if these organizations, the one that you would think would be the one you'd want to work for is the Denver Broncos. There's a huge commitment there. They've got they've got some of the richest owners in the NFL. 
That's that's the Walmart group right there, right? They've got plenty of money to spend and to make that team great and the desire to do so. For me, it's the it's the Wilson thing and just wondering, is he toast? Because if he is, that's a problem that's going to hinder you for the next couple of years at least. Here's the problem, too. And you touched on this yesterday and, and, and maybe a little bit today. If there's seven teams that are looking for a head coach, seven teams, and you're not among just forget we you're not among the top three, if you're gonna fire Cliff and you're not gonna get Sean Payton, who are you gonna get? Right. You know, you've got like, you know, Demeca Ryans with the with the forty ers you got you got the Philly quarterback coach, there's like a couple of, but if you're if you're not gonna get the first choice or the second choice or the third choice yeah, you got to ask yourself your question: Is is the four is is the fourth or fifth best guy available that you could get better than what you have? You know, I was thinking about that because you don't want to have to be in the same position situation two years from now. We hired a guy, we liked him, we didn't love him. He wasn't our first choice, but we felt like we just had to make a change for the sake of making a change. I was, and then in two years, you're in the same damn boat. I was thinking about that with Vance Joseph and wondering if. He is the guy that they know they like better than Cliff to be the head coach, and if that gives them the flexibility to make a move with Cliff. To that exact point, like, like, do we fire Cliff if we can't get the guy we want? What if their fallback option as the guy they want is their defensive coordinator? And that allows them the power to go out and let go Cliff on Monday or Sunday night or whatever. Take a big swing for Sean Payton. Take a big swing for Jim Harbaugh if that's what they want to do. And your fallback plan is and Vance? And don't get him, fallback fall plan becomes Vance. I, I don't know. The just public would, would they think it's you know more of the same old? I don't know. I, I, that's a great question. I thought about that, too. Like, we just had Quentin Harris on the show. If Quentin Harris and A-Dub become the co-general managers of this team, does that scratch the itch? Does that satisfy? I would think that the majority of fans want to see massive changes. Like, I just want new. I, I nothing against. The thing about Quentin Harris and A-Dub, and a nothing against them, but they've only been under Steve Kime. They've only been under him. If you go get somebody outside from a different organization, you know, you got a new look, a new face, a new approach. So not that those guys can't give you that, but I think people would be reluctant to believe that there would be a whole lot of change. Yeah, for what it's worth, I'll give you the whole list real quick because he only listed seven teams. Carolina 1, the Saints 2, Texans 3, Washington 4, the Cardinals 5, the Broncos 6, the Colts 7. Now, undoubtedly, there will be other coaching jobs available. This is not going to be the complete list. Those are just the ones that we know have already made moves or have been strongly rumored moves are going to be made. There might be others that come down as well. The Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, so much more. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win tickets. Mock drafts are now starting to trend in a different direction for the Arizona Cardinals. One of the latest mocks saying about Arizona at four, something pretty common. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Football 
Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, we are live here from Footprint Center, and our coverage today is brought to you by FanDuel. If you're coming down for the Suns Heat game tonight at 8 o'clock, we'll be here until 6. So if you're coming down early, come down and say hi to us. We'll be uh, we'll be around for a little bit. In the meantime, it is a football Friday, and of course, for the Cardinals, going into a weekend where, I mean, nobody, nobody wants to say this out loud, but we're also telling the truth here. It's in the best interest for the Cardinals to lose this game against the 49ers, obviously, right? Yes. I, I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's the fourth pick is a real commodity. It will allow them a lot of power, a lot of flexibility to be able to do things they want to do in terms of either taking a potentially franchise-changing player or making a potentially franchise-changing trade. Not that they wouldn't have that opportunity at five or six, but it goes without saying. The, the better the draft pick, the more options you get. There's a chance for them to move all the way up to two. I don't know if that's realistic. I think moving up to three could very potentially happen. The Broncos are actually favored to beat the Chargers this weekend because the Chargers just might not have that much to play for. Yeah, and the Broncos have no incentive to lose. Right. So The pick's not theirs. It goes to the Seattle yeah, listen, Seahawks. I, I love where they're at, and I don't want to blow this. Lose the freaking game, you know? Now, the players are going to try to win. The coaches are going to coach to win. It's, uh, But they're playing a far superior team, a team that's just head and shoulders better than them. And if San Francisco goes out there and puts forth any effort, it might be a walk in the park for the four. 49ers. They're that much better than the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are banged up. I think you said James Conner's not playing. Yep. Cardinals are already down to their fourth quarterback. So what you're looking at right now is, is you're looking at the Cardinals being in a position to where they could either get a, you know, a, a great player staying at, at, say they stay at four. They can have a great player or they can have the ability to, 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 to make it unbelievable blockbuster type trade with the team that wants to move up for a quarterback. And along those lines, uh, headline, top three ways the Arizona Cardinals can accumulate a ransom of picks. Number one, trade down. Headline, 2023 NFL mock drafts, Kyle Krabs 5.0. With the fourth pick, the Carolina Panthers via Arizona takes the Kentucky quarterback. Headline, 2023 mock draft, Detroit trades up for C.J. Stroud. You getting a getting a theme here? Headline: Three tradeback scenarios for the Cardinals in the 2023 NFL Draft. That's one, two, three, four stories. Jets trade up. That you Raiders trade yeah. up. Yeah. Panthers trade up. Yeah, I, let's just start with the first one. That was a, a a good mock draft done by Kyle Krabs, and he says Carolina receives picks one and four. The Cardinals get. Um, Levis, they the, the, they get they Carolina gets Levis. Oh, Carolina gets Cal- Levis. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cardinals get uh, picks. What is it? Uh, nine. Let's see. That's one nine in the first round. Sixty one. Sixty one in the second. Ninety three in the third, and then a third rounder in two thousand twenty four. So basically, a first, a second, a third, and a third next year yeah, to move thirds. down five spots. Yeah, a first, a second, and two thirds to move down five spots. I know you're on board with that. <laughs> no, I know you'll take that. Done. Like, but like, I even know that there's not even a consideration. You're running to the table to accept the trade. Mm-hmm. You're getting on the phone. Like, we want to make. Yes, I'll take it. Yes, before he gets it. Yeah, first, a second, and two third round picks. Do Cardinals need players? Yes. Like they need players. I understand the position to stay where they're at and get get a great player. And that you know you you don't want to. 
knock that. It's a good position to be in. But, man, when you're the Cardinals and you need help on the offensive line and defensive line and you need help with the cornerback situation, yeah, I'd rather have, I'd rather have a multitude of picks that are good picks. We're not talking about getting fifth, sixth. We're talking about a first, a second, and two third-round picks. Yeah, I mean, you sent uh, – and well, trust me, we've got months to do this and months to see how this plays out. But, like, a proposed trade where the Jets would send the 15th pick, their second and their third-round picks – a future second and a fourth to move up from 15 to four. The Vegas Raiders trading up uh, ninth overall, a third round pick, a future first for number four overall. The Panthers moving up, sending eight overall, two second rounders, a future second. We, we, we do this all day, right? I mean, it's, like four, it's, it's four picks. You're getting four top picks for the first, second, and third round. However, you spend, I mean, all of these things are, uh, you know, Ninth overall, third rounder, future first, fourth round. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get four for one. You're gonna get four for one. And it's you know obviously the charts and everything to figure that all out. But yeah. you know I also love the scenario we talked about yesterday. If you could be one step of Indianapolis, now I'm now I'm gonna play some poker. Okay, I'm gonna play some poker with Indianapolis. Hey. Man, I'm getting calls. From, I got four calls right now. I want to make a trade. They want to jump. Everybody's going to want to jump ahead of you. If the Cardinals are four and Indianapolis is five or three, four, however it works out, Indianapolis needs a quarterback. Okay, they've been running through what Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz, and man, they just haven't had a quarterback since Andrew Luck left. Every year they've got a different veteran Ryan, starting quarterback. It's just, just yeah, veteran after right. I even saw where they might be rumored to get Derek Carr this off season, which would just be so in line with what Indianapolis That's what they has do. done, right? Just retread veteran quarterbacks to see if one sticks. Yep. Yeah. The best scenario for them is to be one step for the Cardinals is for them to be one step behind them. You play the game of bluff, and then you get them to move up just one spot. And that way you still get the player you want. Yeah. And you, you get some picks from them to just move back a spot. It, it, the Mitchell Trubisky Chicago Bear theory. Yeah, it's it's the now that trade doesn't give you the the, volume. the volume necessarily of picks that maybe you'd want. It, it's certainly not a Trey Lance blockbuster because you're not coming from that far back in the draft. But you get the player you want. But you get the player you want, and you get something. Still get a bunch of picks. I mean, well, what did we decide? It was um, two thirds and a fourth, I think. Yeah, the, it's the, not two firsts and a second. It's not. It's nothing like that. But the the Trubisky trade that we talked about yesterday was um, they moved up, they they moved up one spot to get Trubisky, and I'd have to I'd have to think Hold what on, it was. I, but I have it here in my notes. Give me if you just give it me. It wasn't a, a first or a second. It was it was the, you got the first round pick, but then I think it was like a. A third and a fifth, or I a third and a fourth, two thirds and a fourth. Okay. I, I apologize. I, I had it in my but notes. But again, like I, I, I mean, I, I, I love that scenario too. It's just because then you could play, you could play poker with them. Everybody's trying to jump you, so you can make us an offer. You get jumped. Indianapolis has their heart set on a CJ Stroud. Hey, I got team. I got four teams that want to jump ahead of you to get CJ Stroud. So you better make me a really good offer if you want to get him. Because if I, if if we don't deal with you, somebody else is going to get him. Here's what the Bears gave up. It took me a second to find it. I yeah. apologize. For that, um, they obviously switched spots in the draft, so they gave up the number three pick overall in the draft. They gave up a third rounder, a fourth rounder, and a future third. Two thirds and a fourth. So two thirds and a fourth. I think you were right to move back one spot. Said, yeah, yeah I, I, I thought that's what it was. Here's the other thing, and you said this yesterday, and I've been fixated on this ever since. If you can somehow move up to number three, okay, let's say the Broncos beat the Chargers because the Chargers have nothing to play for. Broncos move up, okay. A Broncos win and they move down. You move up to number three. You've got two potentially franchise-changing players at number two and number three in the Georgia tackle and the Alabama edge rusher. 
you could really bluff in terms of the the, the, the card game there by saying, hey, I don't have to trade. Give us what we want because I don't have to trade. I've nope. got a franchise-changing defensive tackle sitting right there. You're going to have to overwhelm me to get me to not take the, got right a this franchise-changing edge rusher from Alabama sitting right there. You better blow my freaking socks off. But you got to be in the top three there. You do. You have to be in the top three. Four doesn't get you that. And that's why I look to the Broncos and the Chargers this weekend. And I root for the Denver Broncos so the Cardinals could, with a loss to the 49ers, move up to number three, and then they really have a strong hand, a really strong hand to play that game this offseason to get the best deal they possibly can. Russell Wilson's playing this week, right? Please so. Mitch, is Russell Wilson playing? I sure as heck hope he is. <laughs> I, I have seen nothing that he's not. But that's got to be tough to be a Bronco fan right now, given that pick to Seattle. Yeah. That's got to be hard. Yeah, because you don't even get the spoils wow. of sucking like this. You don't get the benefit of it. Seattle does. And if you're a Cardinals fan, it's hard, too, because Seattle's good, and they're about to get a whole lot better because they might be able to take Will Anderson. Thanks to the Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks might have a franchise-changing edge rusher for the next 10 years. You don't see uh, protections on picks in the NFL like you do in the Uh NBA. No way. Yeah, we'll give you the pick if it's top five. Unless it's top five, then we keep it. It don't work like that. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks have been under the radar, but make no mistake, they've been making moves this offseason. Those moves are not going unnoticed. We'll tell you who's noticing next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Diamondbacks made it official yesterday and today they held a press conference. Evan Longoria on why he chose the Arizona Diamondbacks. I really do believe that this team has a chance to make a run, has a chance to be special. There's a ton of young talent. Um, The pitching staff, I think, is primed for a big year and so, um, you know, one of the things that was a big factor for me coming into the or coming into the offseason was, you know, not only can I find a place that is a good fit, but also a place that's um, you know, gonna gonna try and put a winning team out there and and have a chance to to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I didn't really um, want to just go into the offseason looking for a paycheck, you know, or, or, or looking to you know just finish my career in some place where I knew it wasn't going to be competitive. So, I really do believe that um, this team has a chance to do that, um, and I'm looking forward to to being a part of that for sure. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a help. Okay, um, if he stays healthy, he could be really good for them as a stopgap one-year guy. Um, and if he plays well, maybe even keep him as a veteran as, as a veteran the year after. But for one year, for that type of price, he's a great defensive player. He hits left-handed pitching. I've been talking about him for a while as a guy the Diamondbacks were, were definitely going to kick the tires on and try to get. It makes a lot of sense considering they don't have that position filled. To have him to come in, if he could play half the games between, you know... Third base and DH, give him some time off, be a presence in the locker room. I think he could really help. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and and it, you're right. It is a name that's been out there for quite some time. His numbers against lefties are good. His numbers at Chase Field are great. You, you're certainly not counting on him to be long-term or anything more than than a stopgap kind of one-year guy. But in terms of a veteran presence, we had Adam Copeland on earlier. He's a talk show host in the Bay Area. He said you just you got a great guy, good clubhouse guy, good locker room guy, a good glue guy for that roster and I'm I'm happy to see the Arizona Diamondbacks are getting some attention this offseason without making the big splash. The Xander 
Bogarts deal, or as you had talked about a couple of days ago, the Dansby Swanson Swanson deal. Yeah, they made a gigantic offer, substantial to Dansby Swanson. I believe they were the finalists, and they lost out to the Cubs. Now, I just want to say this before you jump in, because I've had a lot of people ask me if the Diamondbacks are the mystery team for Carlos Correa. Figuring that if they went to $150 million for Dansby Swanson, now that Correa didn't go to the Giants and the Mets have balked a little bit, there's reports out there by Boris that there is a mystery team that is in on Carlos Correa. I do have quite a few people asking me if it's the Diamondbacks. It is not the Diamondbacks. Okay. The Diamondbacks are not in on Carlos Correa. So I just want to get that out there because people are wondering if the D-backs are the team that Boris is talking about when he says there's a mystery team out there that, that could sign Correa that's not the Mets, and it is, but it is not Arizona. Okay, that's good info okay. right there. Uh, yeah. And I appreciate you passing that along. What I was going to say was I'm glad that the Arizona Diamondbacks are getting the attention they're getting without making that big financial splash move because I didn't want them to make that big financial splash move this offseason. I wouldn't have liked Dansby Swanson. I didn't want Zan- Andrew Bogart's that cost. I, I don't think this is the offseason to spend money like that. And when I talk about the attention, this is from the MLB Network this morning, and this is Mark Feinson, who was on with Harold Reynolds and, and Matt Vaskersian, and he was listing the four teams that he thought had an under-the-radar but very good offseason. He had the Diamondbacks number three on his list. The trade that they made, the Dalton Varsho trade, was, I thought, a fantastic deal for them. Uh, you think about they had all those left and hitting outfielders. They get rid of Varsha. They bring in Gabriel Moreno, who is, you know, arguably a top 10 prospect in the league. I have yet to talk to anybody who doesn't think this guy's going to be a huge star. Uh, Kyle Lewis, a little bit of a rebound hope there. Rookie of the year a couple years ago. Uh, you know, sort of a low a low buy there, but with some real good potential. Longoria bringing a good veteran. I like Zach Davies as some, uh, you know, rotation depth there for them. And I think when you look at the young team that they have, uh, Longoria could be a good kind of veteran presence. They put up a graphic on the network, and they put all the additions on the left side and all the subtractions on the right side. And Vasgersian made the point. He even said, put that graphic back up. And they put it back up. He goes, man, the left side, no disrespect to the guys on the right side of that graphic. The guys on the left are so much better. The guys on the left are like, those are big-time yeah. upgrades over the departures in Miguel Castro, Kyle Lewis, Zach Davies, Evan Longoria, Gabriel Moreno, Lourdes Goriel Jr. He goes, no disrespect to the guys on the right side of that list. They have gotten better with the additions they've made. There's no denying The bullpen that. still needs to be worked yes. on, okay? And they do have money to spend, and I'm expecting that that money is going to go towards bullpen. They have been internal discussions about bringing back Andrew Chafin. Okay, who's still out there. There have been internal discussions. Now, I'm not saying they've made an offer for Chafin or come up with a number, but they have had internal discussions about bringing Andrew Chafin back. That could really help the bullpen because he's a good reliever. They've got to continue to work on that bullpen. But I don't disagree at all. I think that they, with Goriel and Marino, I think that they've, they listen, I don't like losing Varsho, but, man, they added one of the best young catchers in the game and, and another good outfielder. Lewis is a a little bit of a wild card. He's yeah. been injured. He was great his first year, but he's been injured a whole lot. But if he's able to get healthy, he could be a big surprise. You bought low on him. I think Mike Hazen's done a really good job of helping this team get better. I do, too. I, I would put Kyle Lewis fourth among the guys I'm the most excited about their addition. And if he's their fourth outfielder... Mm-hmm. I think he's in a perfect spot, right? Because your fourth outfielder is going to get a lot of at-bats, especially being right-handed. 
because you still have, you know, Corbin Carroll's a left-hander and Jake McCarthy's a left-hander and Alec Thomas is a left-hander. So, you know, I think him, Goriel, I think that there's going to be plenty of plenty of at-bats for those guys to go around. I would expect that he becomes your fourth outfielder. And again, the three guys, I think Longoria's more significant. I think, obviously, Moreno's much more significant. And I think Guriel's more significant if he can come back from the wrist injury. So I think it's been... And look, and this is what Harold Reynolds said, too, and I on the same broadcast, and I totally agree with him. In a division where you're going up against the multi-million dollar Dodgers and the multi-million dollar San Diego Padres, the Diamondbacks aren't quitting on this division. You know what I like about that, too, is they didn't wave the red flag. I mean, we all know San Diego and the Dodgers. Just going to pause it. He meant white flag. He said red flag. Continue, please. Continually building out there. And they didn't say, oh, well. No, they're still making a challenge at these guys, and that's why they shook the roster up. I love that. Now, are they good enough to win the division over the Dodgers and the Padres? No, but they're setting themselves up for when they're going to be good enough to challenge. They, they've They've got to be the Tampa Bay race, right? That's how they're going to survive yeah. Yeah. the NL West. They've, they've got to do it through the farm system, through depth, through young players, controllable salaries, things like that. They're setting themselves up to be able to do that. I don't know if this is the year it happens, but they're in a good position in future years to be able to compete with those teams because of this organizational depth they've got right now. We said that the payroll was, you know, I reported the payroll was going to go up. I was expecting, you know, to about $125 million. There is still money to spend. Whether they spend it or not, I'm not sure. But there's still money to spend to address some concerns raised. Now, you could also save that money and wait till the trade deadline and add then so you don't have to spend it all right now. But they do have a, a, a payroll that's going to be substantially higher than what it was last year. And and I know what you want is for that payroll to go even up next because next year is could be a really big year for the D-backs. This year has the potential to be, but next year could be a really big year. The thing I continue to worry about is just the future of Zach Allen. They've got him under control for another, is it three years? Yes. Um, I, I think it's so. three. It might be four, but it's at least three. Uh, but it's at some point, if it doesn't look like you're going to be able to sign him, you're not going to want to lose him for nothing. So that's the thing I continue to worry about because Scott Boris is his agent, and Scott Boris is not the type of agent that would allow the D-backs to do a, a shorter-term deal. Uh, I mean, a, a deal that buys out arbitration and free agency years for Gallo. Yeah, I, I would be concerned about that as well. Here's my Kazen today on the Longoria move and why they signed Yeah, I, I think Evan was somebody we pursued sort of all offseason. Um, I think he was a natural fit on our team, uh, given how he balances out some of our left-handed hitting infielders. Um, you know, we've been talking about the, the sort of not age, but experience of our team, uh, adding a veteran presence onto the club, somebody that's been around and done what he's done, accomplished what he's accomplished, um, still hits the ball extremely hard, still a good third baseman. Um, and so all of those things were, were big net positives for us uh, in bringing him on. You were right about Zach Gallen. Three years. Yeah, three, three years left. Restricted free agent in 2026. So you've got 23, yeah. 24, 25. He'll never get into the third year of that contract. The third year that's left if they're not able to do something. And Boris is re- re- reluctant 
to do. You know, he's reluctant to do anything with these with clients like that because he wants them to hit free agency because that's how he makes his guys the most amount of money. Yeah, I, I don't want anyone to misinterpret. I'm not sitting here and saying the Diamondbacks are going to be great next year and look out, they're going to win the division. I just like that their moves are being roundly praised for how they're quietly and kind of economically smartly putting together this team. I really do like the moves they've made. I really do. I think and it's listen, been a very smart offseason. Moreno's on the contract oh, yeah. through 226. They have control, not con- control through 2026. Yep. So you got all the 23, all the 24, all the 25, and all the 26. Got four years of control. That was a good trade. It was a good trade. Absolutely. A very good trade. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, just like that, we're at the turn. Four o'clock. Let's get you caught up on everything going on in sports. The four o'clock reset is next on Burns and Gambo.